Welcome to Oh Brother, a podcast of three brothers trying to figure it all out with your hosts, Brandon, Colin, and Aaron. On this week's show, it's all ball bearings. Hello. Hello. It's not January anymore. Yeah, I know. I didn't realize that until I clicked on it. I was like, ah, crap. <laughs> gotta, gotta, gotta redo my name. I gotta come up with something witty for, for February. So. I know. Slacking here, dude. Well, I didn't mean to. I forgot. Um, uh, yeah, hello. What's up? What's going on? No, no lot. Just, uh... Oh, no. Yeah, that's good. I mean... Oh, it's good. You're the busy boy. (laughs) (laughs) It's so bad. Oh, Oh, man. Very unpleasant. So, I never go into our basement, right? Like, I have no reason to go down there. It's not finished. It's just a storage area. And a couple days ago, I'm going to say about Thursday, I came home and I was like, hmm, kind of smells like something died in the walls. Just that really faint, like, I yeah. couldn't, like, as soon as I walked, like, another step into the house, it was gone. And I could never find it again. Just like, huh, really weird. I guess we had that a mouse weird. die in our house. Okay, that's going to stink, you know, literally and figuratively while it dies and it'll go, you know, while it finishes decomposing and it'll go away and we'll just leave it, whatever. Hmm. Well, then Sunday night uh, rolls around. We had a function at church and uh, I was like, oh, I have a microscope that I need to give back to uh, this lady uh, who wanted us to look at it to show her how to use it. So I was like, I'll run down to the basement and grab it. Long open the door, flipped on the light, and then looked right down the steps. And I was like, there's water in my basement. Uh, <laughs> what? Uh, uh. <laughs> and, you know, like, it had rained quite a bit last week. And I, that's know, true. It, it winter. And so the ground is frozen saturated it's saturated is the word you're looking for right. it's saturated <laughs> and it's mostly frozen so i was like well maybe but that's a lot of water there's a lot of water in there <laughs> and i had the the sense of mind to run up and grab my waterproof boots from upstairs before i had to wade in because i was like well this is really annoying good um, call uh, <laughs> good call man with the save of the, the day right there because uh-huh. i stepped in it and then i was like hmm let me go check the drain and as i took i turned and i took one step towards the drain and i saw some toilet paper floating and i was like mm. uh-oh <laughs> <laughs> well okay <laughs> and we were like literally out the door to go to this thing and so what i did was i ran over and i like i checked the drain and i was like is the drain actively pumping more water into my house ah yes right because i wanted to know like is it is it, it was backing, like, like flowing backing upward upstream yeah. 
or is this everything that's just been plugged and flowing in? So it was not actively <laughs> flowing like a geyser or anything in. So I was like, cool. Okay. Good. Good news. Good news. <laughs> good news. Step one. <laughs> and then I like called four plumbers. Um, granted, it's Sunday at like five. And so nobody's there. Uh, nobody's going to pick up. But I figured mm-hmm. someone's got an emergency line, right? Surely. Or Surely if you leave a message, they will call you back. Like, right. Sometime. Right. So, right, nope. I, I called four people. Um, and then I texted our neighbor because I was like, well, he owns a construction company. Let's see if he knows a plumber or has their direct contact. And he was like, yeah. He's like, oh, my business partner is actually a certified professional plumber. Um, and I was like, okay, here's the situation. <laughs> Got a bit of a problem. It's a Vinicius. <laughs> uh, and he was like, he asked, he asked, okay, is it actively flowing or is it standing? And I was like, it is standing. And he goes, okay, uh, don't use any more water in the house. Uh, we'll be over in the morning. Uh, and I was like, cool. <laughs> and, uh, Monday morning comes around and uh, he ended up getting over around 1030 or whatever, which is totally fine. He's running a whole separate business. That's not plumbing related. Let's be very (laughs) clear about this. He's not an actual plumbing business. He's in construction remodeling. He just happens to have all of this equipment that goes along with that. Yes. I, I got one, one phone call back from a plumber at 11 o'clock and they were like, Hey, uh, you left a message? And I was like, yeah, I don't need you anymore. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and you know, he was like, he got got the auger down there. You know, the, the really big ones. Yeah. Uh, It was scary looking thing. Scary looking (laughs) thing, you know, jerking all over the place as it was humming along. And, um, he said it was about 30 feet out. Um, he busted through something, figured it was probably an, a tree root. You know, I'm in a house that's a hundred years old. There was, yeah. you know, like who knows, whatever. Uh, and it's kind of cool. As soon as I, I mean, I heard it, I heard it break through it cause it was reverberating throughout the pipes. And, yeah. um, I walked over and all the water was just pouring down. Like it was effectively using the drain, which is, you know, what it was supposed yeah. to be doing, uh, in the first place. Um, and he was like, yeah, no, you've got a good, you know, your drain is fine. Uh, it was just probably something that built up over time. So do this about once a year and you'll be fine. And I was like, sweet. Thank you. And then I was like, how do I clean this up? <laughs> cause, uh, cause I had actually called. Cause I don't own any bleach. So right <laughs> <laughs> edit, edit point seven fifty eight. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, uh, <laughs> and, uh, um, and he was like, well, cause what had happened was I had freaked out and like called my insurance and was like, um, like what, like, what does this look like? <laughs> I'm literally floating away. Oh my God. <laughs> floating. Well, that, that's, that's what, that's what, that's what Megan said. She was like, when you left messages, were they calm? And I was like, well, I didn't have any point to freak out. And she was like, maybe freak out a little bit more next time and see if they call you back. So I called my insurance and was like, so. Like, am I covered? Like, what's this process look like? And he was like, yeah, you're covered. Um, Just keep track of all of your expenses and uh, blah, blah. And he's like, do you even want to file a claim? And I was like, well, I don't know. Like, I've never done this before. 
Um, it's an unfinished basement. Um, most of our stuff was sitting on top of pallets anyway. Um, and so like only one corner of a box got wet. I'm mostly worried about just sanitizing it, just being very real about this. <laughs> yeah. And so he sent me the contact information for a cleaning company and they, um, they came, they got there just as my neighbor and his partner were, were done. Um, and so Yo, she came in and she did this, this assessment, which while, while she's assessing the basement, I, oh, and here's the other thing. She, <laughs> she's an assessor for a company that cleans up flooded basements, um, very hazardous places. Did she show up in waterproof knee high boots? No, no. She, she showed up in pumps and just, <laughs> just, hey. she knows. Just no, she's not waiting around anything. Are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, I stepped out. Or the pumps were tall enough that she would be like, it's fine. It's, it's just fine, a basement. Right? <laughs> I can walk through a little bit of water in these. I'm no good. problem. Yeah. <laughs> and so I stepped outside and talked to my neighbor and I was like, how do I clean this? And he was like, you're going to get some, you know, spray it with bleach, hose it down, pull a hose into the basement, hose it down, um, scrub it with some soap, and then you know, rinse and spray it again with bleach and you'll be fine. And I was like, okay, great. And he was like, now if you had had drywall or any other stuff down there, yeah, that's a big problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like, sweet. So the lady came back up and she was like, look, you don't have drywall. You don't have this other stuff. Um, We have this sanitation package, blah, blah. Let me get you a quote real quick. And she left and came back and she was, she was like, That'll be eighteen hundred dollars, <laughs> and I was like, "No, <laughs> thank you for coming out. Have a wonderful day." <laughs> and so, gallon of bleach four ninety nine, uh, a brush three ninety nine. <laughs> well, and see the thing already is, got a bucket probably. The th- right. The thing is, is I have been wanting to clean out the basement for a long time anyway because there was lots of like. <laughs> limestone dust and like ash. Love limestone dust well Ooh, ash, I, have original, I have original limestone walls from whenever this place was built mm, okay beautiful <laughs> Tasty. Okay. and so and there's also like there's like the the ash pit for the uh fireplace oh yeah the coal furnace that's right, right. The coal furnace. <laughs> yeah let's, let's be real here there's still coal in my basement um it's in the coal chute though so, and like, I had just been wanting to clean this up anyway. And so this was, I was like, I told Megan, I was like, you know, I've been wanting to do this for a while. Um, this is the impetus to get it done. And so I had to run a hose through our kitchen window to shorten it so that I had enough length to get down in there. And I just, beautiful. Right, it was great. Especially on a day that was like, it's 30. It was a, it's been so hot and cleany <laughs> this last week. week. The, the yeah. meaning to open up a window so i like sprayed the whole <laughs> thing down i had a little pump sprayer and i sprayed it all down with bleach let it sit um and then i went and i started hosing everything after i had had to move up all the pallets and get all our stuff out of there i just started oh, yeah. in the corner right and then just started spraying and <laughs> there when i say there was probably 60 pounds worth of dust and limestone and concrete dust and chunks that I got, I got up off of the floor. 
I am not joking. It <laughs> the bag. Well, now the was, drain's clogged again. As I, as I really tried to make sure I wasn't blowing it all down the drain, like I had a shovel that I was scooping stuff and I was trying yeah. to you know, keep it from going down there because that was I didn't want all of a sudden to just lock up my drain with do it uh, again, yeah, dust, right, and then have them to come and go. Well, you have to dynamite that out because it's a rock. <laughs> <laughs> solidified now yeah they're like why did you get that wet it's going to turn into stone and <laughs> yeah there you go. <laughs> accidentally made roman concrete with all right. the de- detritus in his basement <laughs> <laughs> right why is there coal dust in here and like i sh- anyway <laughs> Every- everything's fine it's fine <laughs> so so i did i just started i was a really bad boy this year for christmas <laughs> i got it all goes in the basement and so like i I just started in a corner and I, I got my hose down there and I just kind of started going methodically pushing the water, pushing the water, pushing the water, pushing the water. And you could see this line of the crud that was on the floor. Again, not crud that came up from the, um, uh, from the drain. This is stuff that I knew was already on the floor. <laughs> pre <pre-flood>. Yeah. <laughs> so mm. I'd have to spray and scoop and spray and scoop and spray and scoop. And Oh my gosh, it took forever. But, Man, that floor is awesome looking now. <laughs> nice. Um, I still have the coal in the chute, and I still have ash in the bottom of the uh, fireplace down there. Well, that's just like, you know, that's character. That's fine. It's ambiance. It's like, this, yeah. <laughs> well, and it was like, I told Megan, I was like, I'm I'm motivated now to, t- to tackle those, but I know those are going to be a such like a way bigger job <laughs> my motivation's quickly fading it's quickly after fading. <laughs> plus i know the more i work on those the dirtier the rest of the floor gets and it's so clean that you just cleaned it's so clean <laughs> don't really want to mess with it <laughs> so we'll see uh, but if either of you want to come help me move a washing machine from my basement in the coal bin you are more than welcome to come up Oh man, um, let me tell uh, you. What what, uh, what day were you thinking about doing? Yeah, uh, I got the. It's gonna be real cold next week, so uh, I, I have some can't. coal to light on fire. Next Tuesday, oh, well, <laughs> uh, next, next Tuesday, I'm gonna visit that day. It's so crazy. Wow. Okay. Oh, Colin. Oh man, I'm just oh, <laughs> dying in here. Sorry. I know listeners to this segment may be going. You don't actually have coal in your basement. That's a bit much. No. No, I actually have coal in my basement still. It's the little <laughs> briquettes that are that are scattered across the floor in the coal bin um, that sit there, and they're all black and smiling back. So it, <laughs> it kind of reminds me of the, what happens so, in a, a central Missouri railroad town, right? Yeah. It's just, it's just <laughs> they're just coal lines. It was around. Like, it's just coal. Stumble across. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of opening the door and seeing all the soot sprites, you know, and whether they'll like scatter away. <laughs> 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 Colin's basement is just spirited away, right? That's really what happened. It's just what—that's everything. There was the muck monster, right? The water spirit was dirty. It had to get cleaned yeah. up. Yeah, they yeah. Get, little sprites all over the place. It's, yeah, look, look at that. I don't. Colin's living in a Ghibli movie. Who do I am? I don't Whoa. know who's the operator of the baths and uh, sending all of the um, stuff up, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's true. Some sort of miscreant. So I I, I'm assuming that, that somewhere uh, back to the cause, the root of the matter, if you will, uh, <laughs> is it so it, 
is there just some sort of Y junction between that floor drain and the sewer output that the rest of the pipe drains into somewhere? And it just had backed up from that. Is that where it came from? Yeah. So what basically the, um, the floor drain, you're right. Wise into the main water drain for the rest of the okay. house. Okay. And they okay. meet underneath my, my, my basement floor. And yeah. Then somewhere. They, then they, they join and they move out underneath my backyard into the alley, which towards was, the sewer line, which goes into the main sewer line. And okay. so somewhere okay. between the Y junction and the alley about actually about 30 feet out, which I have a small yard. So pretty ways out there. Um, yeah. Like close to the alley, probably close to the alley. <laughs> there was a blockage. And so as okay. we had been flushing, it just backed I, all the way up. I had a block. Oh, and see, the problem was is, um, during this time, uh, before I had discovered it, I had had a series. I had basically had a migraine for three days and, something that helps me cope with migraines are taking blazingly hot, long showers. You know, like twice a day, I would basically just stand in the shower and have the little like massage thing blasting at the back of my yeah. head to try and, you know, to calm it down. Then I could get out and the coolness would help, you know, alleviate some of the pain yeah. and whatever. And so <laughs> it was like all of that water <laughs> was just, Going down so to the pipe. It was that that abnormal water usage, right? Is over the over the short time span is what contributed. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. and who knows? That also, makes sense. Well, also, you know, and who knows what else? Uh, you know, again, with the rain and the water seeping into the pipe, because and like one the- last thing might have got caught. You know, one last piece of toilet paper got caught on the root, and it just completely right. You know, softed exactly. up or whatever. So like, exactly. Yeah. So it was kind of like all these things converged. Again, in the grand scheme of things, of the problems that it could have been, like as soon as I saw water and what was coming up, I was like, "Great pipe, pipe exploded!" Yeah, the that's pipe the first thought. Exploded right? or collapsed, and they're going to have to like <laughs> oh, dig oh, no. in my basement, and it's going to be like twenty thousand yeah. dollars to replace that, that sewer line, and blah blah blah. Like oh, I really God. flew <laughs> off this panic. So, in the grand scheme of things. 150 bucks for the pl- for my neighbor to come out plus um some elbow grease uh bleach and a, a new hose like in two days like really not that bad um, that's true because again it wasn't finished the basement's unfinished and everything was on pallets already so that like was huge i can't imagine oh yeah that's a really good deal that was already elevated off the floor yeah that's yeah. a yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would have been real bad probably I, after if not yeah, no i it would be yeah for for for, for bad so yeah <laughs> that was uh that was fun uh yeah that's all i have that was all the that report um it was nice i mean that's I, quite that's quite a lot <laughs> I, I will say once i like once i overcame the um the Shock, terror, shock, right, and the, just like fear. the horror of what was going fear, on, fear, yeah, right, of of, and I was able to process that, and I told Megan, I was like, basically, I had to just latch my brain onto this is twenty thousand dollars, and that was what I had to do in order to just like that's the worst thing, and I have to keep moving forward because if I tried to stair step my way up to it, I would have just been in chronic, I would have been paralyzed because of anxiety. So it was just like 
swallow the $20,000 pill and move forward. Once I was able to do that and then I could start cleaning, like I overcame that hump and then I was able to kind of like let my OCD guys kind of like over like manifest me for a little minute. And it was actually therapeutic, <laughs> like down there with the hose, shushing the water and scrubbing and shushing and scrubbing. Like at that point, that, it was actually like, okay, I'm progressing. I'm <clears throat> making something happen and solving this. That was the most like that statement put you closer to our father than I, anything <laughs> that you've said in the past. And it's really terrifying that you just <laughs> uttered those words, like cleaning up the giant mess was therapeutic and comforting to me. Like what, uh, what the heck? It was no, yeah, exactly oh something God. that he would say. And it was a little worrying, <laughs> but I find, I find it just an odd coping me- mechanism to like, just, immediately attached yourself to absolute worst case scenario and be like yep that's it that's what we're, that's what it's going to be and then <laughs> well, my life now well yeah because i knew that like that was the worst possible thing i could imagine happening right and like there's all sorts of stuff of like okay they're going to do that we're not going to be able to live in the house while they're doing that we're not going to be able to run our business we're going to have to live out of a hotel like <laughs> I just went there. I immediately went there and was like, and I had to sit with that for many hours uh, and just go <laughs> like, that, right. This was not an immediate thing. Like, don't get me wrong. Like this had to, all right. Like, even it's that much more immediate. I was like, uh, no, that's no, no, a no. weird, <laughs> just, uh, just ask Megan. I was very quiet for a long time. And so, <laughs> <laughs> like once I was able to, to finally to, to process that, I was like, that is the worst possible outcome for all of this. Everything else that didn't take one step in that direction was amazing, right? Like, you know, <laughs> and as the steps took me further in the opposite direction, it was like from that, it was better. From that, yeah, it was all it was like it was all joy, right? And so by the time I was, I was the one cleaning because I, I didn't even know how to to, to 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 clean and what that process looked like. So having somebody say do these steps and me going, yeah, I can just get the that. bleach man. Right. I can do that. And just then, a drop of Dawn and grease is gone. That's right, what you exactly. Just throw some Gre- <laughs> grease and other stuff. It was like, okay, I can, I can manage that. Like each step beyond that just became more manageable for me. So by the time I was down there with my hose, listening to podcasts and my AirPods and blasting away, it was like, this is, this is the easy part for me at this point. Cause I like cleaning. Yeah, I guess that's true. Right. I can like, I'm not living in a hotel. That mental hurdle is a problem. Yes, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah I'm that's fair. <laughs> well, that makes sense. I guess it's just, it's a weird, like, I don't know for me. Cause that's not how I deal with problems. I just go, well, I guess we're just gonna have to figure out what to do first and then go from there. But it's similar to where you're like, when you have like a large thing to do, it is very overwhelming and you're kind of like, well, there's literally nothing to be done. I give up. Like, <laughs> well, and you know, that's kind of, uh, but I'm kind of the opposite way. I start with the small step. I'm like, well, I'll do this one thing first and then we'll go from there and see what happens. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you know, like, right. I'm sure I do that in some cases, but when th- like, this was just such a shock because, well, that's true. Like, 
there, I, I, <laughs> since owning this home, I have become so paranoid to sounds of water and unexpected water because I just know. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah, because you had the shower thing before. I had the shower and thing. I had this. I had this. Like I, I forgot so about the shower thing. And like all of the stories of there being secret leaks in homes, and then owners like get sick and they pull down a wall and it's covered in black mold and all this stuff. You know, it's like. I know how wow. terrifying how terrible water is in homes, and so anytime, anytime there's a little, <laughs> yeah. and so to open that and to see like a thousand gallons, like literal inches of water in my basement was just like ah, uh, uh. it's true. <laughs> Colin watches the movie, The Ring, and it's not the little girl that terrifies him; it's the dripping water from the TV. That's the one. He's like, no, who's going to clean that up? Are you kidding me? Think <laughs> of the mold. Is that little like? <laughs> those are my nightmares those are my nightmares <laughs> right little just tiny drips leaky of faucets yawns <laughs> uh, side note I will say it is possible to just live your life uh, fully with massive amounts of construction going on uh, a few years ago probably I don't know it's been a long time ago now our school like renovated like they did like a huge renovation like they they expanded the commons area, they changed the library, and they added this new front door entrance thing because the old front entrance was like some really janky stairs that were falling apart, and like a door that didn't close right, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, sure. So they did a, a whole new front entryway to be like, ooh, it's all fancy, right? Um, <clears throat> it's it's fine. It's so it's not totally ugly. Anyway, um. <laughs> But they started doing it while school was still in session because there was so much to do and they were saving the rip out the big giant interior walls for mostly over the summer. Mm. But they started that kind of at the end. But while they were tearing out the front part, they had the math class that I was working in when I was an aide was right at the front of the building and they had the jackhammer affixed to the backhoe, just like hammering away on the stairs. Like, Right, why we're trying to have class in there? We're doing math work, and it's just this constant, like, so like the room was shaking oh because gosh. it was like punching the foundation, like, right outside. Jeez, no. it was so terrible. That's awful. No, <laughs> yeah, it was. It was so bad. Yes, it was just like bone jarringly loud. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, and, you know, that, like, just yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like your chest was shaking it was so loud jeez oh, well i guess you know the proximity to you too doesn't help yeah it was like that feet away that was like <laughs> <laughs> and our our genius superintendent at the time didn't see any problems with this plan whatsoever it was Good. totally fine yeah so that's okay you can you can totally learn effectively in a room that's deafeningly loud and shaking <laughs> No. Answer answer no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. So, yeah, I just thinking about even li- trying to you, know, you said like living with that be a little different whenever they're like we're working on your water main or you know like so like you can't flush, you can't use the sink, you can't use washing <laughs> clothing, right? It's like that's where I was like oh. That's the part they saved at school till almost the end of the year cuz they did that. They added a new bathrooms. And they added a new thing over there, so they had to they could like shut everything down for a really? while. 
there was like plastic in the hallways because they ripped out this huge part of the wall <laughs> and they were like rebuilding it. Wow. Oh yeah, it was pretty cool. Mm. Doesn't sound good. <laughs> you keep yeah. saying that. It was it was a plan. <laughs> no. <laughs> He's the same guy that designed our, uh, well, okayed the design of our shelter as performing art. Oh, oh, oh and he's, ah. he's, yeah, he's that guy, the, the man that's never set foot in a performing arts center, clearly by the design of this thing. He's anyway, seen them. I had to go in there last week for, yeah, I had to go in there last week for our uh, choir concert for sixth grade. And I was, every time I go in there, I'm like, oh, it's did just you weep? So- <laughs> I do. I wince when I look at it. Like, oh, sorry. <laughs> it could have been so good. And yeah. yet, and yet, here we are. <laughs> yeah. That's the really sad part about that is that it could have, it was such, it was a great opportunity. Yeah. That was that completely we just completely did it. Did it make away. it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's sad. It hurts me. <clears throat> Especially because I've been in other schools and it did the same thing, and theirs is like good, you know. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like uh, you, knew, you knew what the possibilities were. Like we could have, yeah. And that. I've seen the other possible outcomes, and now ours is just doomed for yeah terrible mediocrity. <laughs> like, oh. ah, dang it. Right, and especially because there's like there's no way to go in and rehab that or like to make it better. Yeah, you have to do some serious stuff to make it better. Right, because so like, it was I meant don't... to be a storm shelter, so it's kind of oh yeah, you know, structurally. Well, sound. it's just that. Well, this yes, the exterior is immovable, and the interior, uh, you had one chance to do it properly. Yeah, and you didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> there are some auxiliary things that you could address in the future, but then again, you now you have to take the time and find money to do it when you had a shot to do it initially with the whole thing, right? Right. Well, fixing those kind of things is always more expensive than building it right the first time. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Exactly. And so when you have a problem like... You literally, the sound design is so bad you can't hear anything in there. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of the whole point of the building, and you have really done messed up now. That's really- <laughs> yeah. That, that's bad. That's bad. <laughs> yeah. So it hurts me every time I go in there. But, you know, the concert, the concert was good. The kids did good. Oh, yeah. What was it? Uh, it was just like the winter choral thing for the sixth grade and the she did it really bizarre this year like she split it up normally it's a four through six program uh-huh right so she does she does four six in the winter and then in the spring she does the k3 because they need more time you know especially the k1 group they're not ready to do singing at Christmas time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, but this year, because of audience restrictions and, you know, safety things, she decided to split it up into two groups. But she split it up. She did three, five, and four, six. 
which was a plan that you could do, I guess. Um, I don't know. (laughs) I have no idea why she did that. Um, yeah, no clue whatsoever why that was her plan. The only thing I can think of is that third and fourth grade parents are the majority of the ones that show up. So she was trying to like split it up so that there would actually be people at the (laughs) Sure. Well, yeah. Because none of it is like mandatory, I guess. Oh. So out of all this, you know, out of like all the sixth grade, like uh, some of them show up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so like usually the big drop off is in fifth and sixth grade of kids that don't come. So I'm imagining that she was trying to balance out like let's have some students actually here to sing our song. <laughs> you know, so yeah. that's, that's probably, that's the only reason I could think of why she do that. Cause having fourth and sixth graders on the stage at the same time is really weird. Yeah. <clears throat> and as a person that's not around fourth graders, like ever anymore, uh, seeing them standing up there next to the sixth graders was like, who are those small baby children? What's happening? <laughs> it's weird. It's a weird disparity between the two groups of kids. Because I see the fifth graders all the time, right? Because sure. our classrooms are right next to each other. Yeah, yeah. The, the fourth graders are like on the other side of the building, and I never see them ever. So, like the fifth graders and the sixth graders, they're pretty close, you know. The fifth graders this year, they're like very immature so they, they seem younger to me i guess but like <laughs> i saw the fourth graders like uh what the heck right <laughs> it's a very it's very jarring strange experience like whoa i forgot that you're small and like oh, yeah small <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome it's weird i said that moment of like oh whoa all right what are you doing here <laughs> Yeah, what's a small child doing here? Oh yeah, you're a fourth grader. Okay, got it. Ah, uh-huh. <laughs> didn't know they made them this small. Yeah, yeah. Weirdly, the only people I ever see in the hallway are the fifth graders, uh, some of the other middle schoolers, and then like kindergartners because mm-hmm. they're always every time I go anywhere they're like lined up, you know, doing their like arms crossed, holding the bubble while they're in the hallway, right? Sure. <laughs> I only see them. So, <laughs> so I'm aware that they are very small. But the fourth graders is like, whoa. What? <laughs> Not so much. <laughs> so yeah, that was the excitement of my week. I went to the concert. I was like, yay, it's over now. Okay, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> they did really good, though. They'd done good. We, uh, it was really hard, though, because I told you that they did the practice schedule thing, right? Did I tell you oh, about that? Yes. And it kind of impacted yeah. when or how they could go. Right. Yeah. So we did our, I had to come up with all these exciting, like I volunteer to keep the band kids in my classroom yeah. so that they don't have to just sit quietly in the stands for two hours. Cause it's impossible for a sixth grader to do that. Oh yeah. It's near impossible for me to do that. So I can only imagine how the impossibility of a sixth grader. <laughs> yeah. So we did well, some like, we did some cool uh, STEM kind of building stuff, like, you know, designing, engineering things, I like those kind of things. And I don't always have time to do that normally. So it's like, yeah, we're doing it now. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing this. 
We're fun. They like to do the hands-on building brand of stuff is fun, right? And that's that's the problem I have with like STEM education in general at, at the sixth grade level. It's very hard to find like stuff that's kind of appropriate, right? So like, um, <clears throat> uh, for listeners who are not uh, versed in weird education acronyms, STEM is stands for science, engineering, uh, technology, and math, right? And it's kind of like a design, building, hands-on experience. Uh, every once in a while, people add A in there to make it STEAM. That stands for art. Um, you might, you'll hear those. Mm-hmm. You'll hear those interchangeably if you do stuff. But like, <clears throat> my favorite part is like the engineering science part, right? So um, a lot of the stuff that, when you get 7,000 emails that are like, oh, learn about these new STEM projects. They're really just demonstrations where kids follow directions and make a thing. Which is yeah, boring and not cool. <laughs> right? I mean, for a sixth grade, it's it's not cool. No. Right? For That's like exactly what you want to do for science for like second, third, fourth grade. That's that is perfect that's what you yeah. need right sixth grade we, we need to be more like solve this problem right yeah. how do you do this thing with this stuff i mean that's where it's interesting and that's what makes them expand more on the <clears throat> the engineering and thought design stuff so we it's hard to find like good questions that you can solve right with just random stuff it's kind of hard to find projects like that. So we did that, the old classic build a boat out of tin foil and see how many pennies it'll hold. Mm-hmm. The classic. And then the, uh, the, um, we did the, I gave him a tissue, like a Kleenex and then a whole bunch of other really random classroom supplies, like some paper, a cup, <laughs> some pipe cleaner. Right. And I was like, I'm going yeah. to dump water in this bucket and this tissue cannot get wet. You have to protect it. <laughs> <laughs> but they had to build this, like some sort of contraption to keep the tissue dry. As I dumped uh, a 250 mils of water on top of it. <laughs> I love it. It was great. It was so good. What kind of, so what did they, what, what kind of things did they come up with for that? All right. So first, let me see if I can actually get the supply list. There was paper, uh, a pencil, pipe cleaner, cotton balls, rubber bands, a paper cup. That might be it. Okay. Uh, oh, a playing card. Yeah, because I, I found in my drawer that I have a stack of like 6,000 playing cards, and I have no idea why where they came from uh so i was like here use these <laughs> so a couple of them a lot of them did they went with uh encasing it in layers of stuff hmm. right so i had one team that did a <clears throat> they did a really cool thing where they because i told them i'm going to put it in this pan or this like plastic bucket because i'm not dumping the water on my floor clearly so they kind of braced the pencil in an X pattern to elevate it up off the floor. And then they used the cup to act as an umbrella and they folded the paper around it. 
to just shed the water off the top and then they tucked up the stuff inside. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was really cool. And then um <clears throat> there was another one that used the pencil as a horizontal crossbar to make like a like a tent top beam almost, and then they sort of wrapped it, they rolled it up in the paper to kind of create like a a brace that and then that would roll the water off the top that way. And then they kind of put something under it. I don't remember what they put under it to absorb the water, but to kind of keep it off the bottom. So it was kind of suspended. It was basically suspended in between all this stuff. Sure. That was cool. Uh, the coolest one, though, was these the, these girls took the the little tiny paper cup, like those little ones you like, you know, the swish cups almost. Right? Sorry to bring up that memory, but those little ones. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, they turned it upside down and they put the tissue in it and then they put the cotton balls under it to help absorb any extra water. And then they cut the playing card to fit exactly under it to kind of just sit up in there and hold it. And then they use the, then they sort of wrapped the piece of paper over top of that in this like cone shape to make the umbrella kind of thing to sit in there. Yeah. And they use the pipe cleaners and the rubber bands to kind of act as like stilts to hold it. Yo, it was good. <laughs> really exciting. It's like, dang, you, you guys are on it. Holy cow. That was great. So what kind of, what kind of prep work or how do you guide them through that process? Like what have they done immediately before jumping into that kind of project? Uh, well, we talked just about, well, this one, because it wasn't necessarily for class. It was just for like extra fun time. Yeah. Right. We didn't do a whole, there is a design phase that you have to do. So I gave him about 10 minutes of, I laid all the materials out and like, here's what you're going to get. Right. Now you need to make a plan. Right. What is your plan going to be? Yeah. So design this thing first and then kind of make sure you have some kind of plan and then go into the building part. And we do talk about, anytime we've done this, we've talked about the importance of, you know, you make your plan and then you might get about halfway through and realize that your plan has a serious flaw that you didn't notice before. Right. Mm -hmm. And the important engineering part about this whole system is, okay, now what? How do you negotiate that discovery? (laughs) Right. You've discovered that there's a problem. What are you going to do to fix it? Mm. Don't be afraid to change the plan. That's kind of the thing that I push real hard. It's like, don't be afraid to be like, oh, snap, that's not going to work. Let me switch this up. Um, That's what I lean on pretty big. So normally, yeah, there is a design phase. Um, If it's for class, like when we do the building things for class, we do like kind of research into whatever subject we're talking about. So we're talking about like structural integrity. We talk about like building techniques or uh, we're going to do one later that's going to involve usually I, in our celebration thing, I can usually get away with doing an egg drop at the window. So we talk kind of about gravity and impact and how like resistance, like how to lessen that impact, some theories about how it should work. Yeah, we watch. We talk about like how car crashes work. You know, like you have to design it to break. Yeah, really. 
you need it it can't be too firm so we kind of throw some design principles at them a little bit mm-hmm. and then give them that planning stage and let them go for it see what happens that's what <laughs> but you do you do need that prep time cuz you can't just like jump in and start winging it right cuz then you get you find that problem like you were talking about you get kind of overwhelmed you don't really know what to do first mm-hmm. and you're like i don't know where to start oh no what do i do uh so you do need that kind of design time and it helps if you have a team. So it's kind of like a teamwork slash design thing that that's helpful to learn how to communicate with other people. I love it. So yeah. It's fun. But finding appropriate questions is hard. Cause like I said, most of them are like mix yeah. these things together. Like, well, that's, I want to tell them what to do. That's boring. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm constantly scouring for like ideas to be like like building thing, challenge things to figure out what to do. So I don't know. It's it can be difficult. Especially when they sneak up on you like, oh I need one for tomorrow. Uh dang it. (laughs) 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 Yeah. That was it. That was my week really. Aaron, what have you been doing? Yeah. Well, I can't really follow suit with Colin that much. Because, I mean, that's good. I'm glad. Let's um, be very real here. So am I. Yeah, Colin, Colin's talking about um, you know, how much how much money he had, or the potential money he had to drop. Hmm. And uh, I just spent, like, the good morning uh, getting the car fixed. The ball bearing was out, so I had to dropped about 280 on that it's all ball bearings nowadays yeah so that was fun um name that, then, name that movie listeners you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah i spent i spent a good chunk of my morning just getting caught up with that um um works kind of, and i'm not going to jinx anything with work so i'm not going to Fair. There is work. Um, yes. Next. Yeah. Real. Um, I have I've spent a good chunk of my time. Um, you, you remember that one week we talked about like uh, ASMRs and like following. Yes, and how <laughs> Colin, that, yeah. how Aaron and I like it, and Colin does not. That's what we learned. So there's so there's a few things that I um, have been enjoying. But it's not like the typical like someone tapping on a microphone kind of thing. It's um, there's a, there's a few videos that I found that I've just been kind of fascinated with, and one of them is like <laughs> I don't know like what to classify it as because it doesn't really have like like a genre per se. But it's like the people who make um, very like the people that work at very um, fancy bars. And they make like the really fancy like bartending drinks, but they have like all like the really cool setups and like there's no music or anything or it, it's just them like putting the, the ice in a glass and then having them like do the shaker and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, it's like the unintentional ASMR stuff where it's like just yeah. random, like people just actually doing stuff, but then just those noises and sound yeah. like. Uh, isolation—that's the word—are like relaxing. Yeah, those are cool. 
yeah, so I've I've been watching been watching a lot of those. Um, and then uh, there's another. Oh, and um, watching people build fish tanks. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> Please. So it, it's not like the. And the, do you have a fish uh, tank now? Did you send that me that? Did you send me that? Did I? I think I, that's something I might have sent you. That sounds like something I would do. Um, <laughs> it does. But there's so there's um like a few channels that I've I've watched and mostly off of like uh what's it called um Facebook of people like you know building you know oh here's a you know DIY um fish tank you can build so I've watched some of those and yeah those those are you know pretty fascinating and then. I've watched the people build like epic, like really high expensive ones. And then I watched people make like, um, like their whole life is dedicated around like fish and, um, like building fish tanks and plowing or, you know, selling, you know, intricate fish kind of stuff. And so they, they make these like these extraordinary fish tanks like in their houses. Yeah. And so watching people like do stuff like that is has been really fascinating. Um, but I, I've just been intrigued with people that are like, oh, hey, well, here's you know, here's how you can make a um, you know certain kind. Of, here's how you make like a volcano fish tank, where they have like a little uh, like a little mister, and you you build like a little volcano and fill with water and all this stuff. I'm like, oh, this is perfect for your fish. I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh, is I there is there a crossover here somewhere? Is there one that's like fish tank sounds? It's like ASMR fish no, tank. I, I haven't. I haven't. That would be sick. Like that. that would be really cool. And uh, but yeah, like 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 little things like that. I've just been fascinated with, and I've watched things like kind of off and on throughout the week or like the past few weeks of like I'll be you know working and then I'll just like get on Facebook for a little bit and I'm like oh well, okay oh no if I miss it here I'll just go ahead and click on it. And like, oh, what's this? And then it rabbit hole later. It's true. Uh, have you have you ever watched any of those? Um, the ones that are like the like natural fish tanks. They're like the little aquascape, aquatic terrarium type yes. situation things yeah. or whatever. I don't really know. Okay, they're so, like they have like the algae and like the stuff on top, and they put like fruit in there, and it kind of feeds the plants. And then there's like little yeah. Then there's fish in there. Those are so cool. So that's what I, I watched. I have been this week. Oh my god. No, it's fine. I actually stumbled across that because I'm in some uh, some fish uh, community groups on Facebook, and there's a guy in there that competes with those. And so his was what? His what? Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. So he actually got like first place, and he took all of his. Uh, Whoa. Yeah, in, in one of these, in one of these, uh, one of the categories, if all of it was just based off this little creek that ran beside his house, and so he went and he collected elements from that creek and recreated it like it was a cut view of the stream so you were like if you were snorkeling and looking upstream that's what you would see and there were like these roots coming in from the side and you could see the stream channel around the middle and then he stocked it with like native fish from the area it was amazing and then i went down the rabbit hole really cool. looking at those guys and they went to um apparently uh, the guy who's like the world champion of aquascapes um, died several years ago, but his home is in Japan, and he has this massive, like, 
14 foot long, nine foot tall and six foot deep aquarium that he built. That's like apparently the best. And it has, and so I dove deep into them talking about all of the principles of, of what it means to make a good aquascape and how you find the balance and layers and all of this stuff. And yeah, I I could have been a lot more productive, but it was fun. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> then I was looking at you know our little fish tank, and I was like, "Hmm, no. What can I add to this?" Hmm, right. Yes. <laughs> Megan would be no, no happy. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's a zen, relaxing hobby, right? Exactly. Because like that, there's there's one that's like how to build like a relaxing fish tank. I'm like, well, I, I don't want to. Like, I want to fish tank. Like, I would, you know, want to build so. There, uh, it, it was just a neat little, um, you know, rabbit hole to kind of get myself stuck in, and because I, you know, I saw the extremes of people making them of like, oh yeah, here's you know a little cheap, a little easy one that you can make, and you know, have just have your fish be happy, and I was like, oh well, let's actually you know do some fish, and then people were like, oh yeah, I spent like, like, you know, twenty grand just on like this fish thing. I did that. Not bad, right? so, yeah. it, I, it could it could have been a lot worse. So I kind of, I'm glad I caught myself when I did. But it, it was just those have kind of occupied my time from from work. If I've uh, you know, just put something on the background and kind of let let have at it, just just occupy any kind of mental space that the craziness that I've been going through this week. <laughs> sure, fair. Um, but yeah, no, that, that that's been kind of um, my stuff. Um, or like if I actually have any like any major accomplishments, um, work absolutely insane. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think that's really about it. Me, like work, like work wise, or just you know throughout my progression of the week, how crazy sure. it's been. Yeah, fair. Yeah. So, made so here's, week. here's the follow up question. Okay, go ahead. Aaron. Okay. Here's so. I have a question I've been meaning to ask Aaron. Hello. Okay, I'll just step aside. Don't worry. I'll just. Um, uh, no, you. I, I want you to. Uh, this just applies to him uh, uniquely currently. <clears throat> Are you going to apply for the Bigfoot hunting license in Oklahoma? Ah. Uh, um, <laughs> so. Yeah, no, I'm, I am going to actually going to step out on this one. Never mind. Okay. Did you read this? Did you read this thing? Yes. So, as, Aaron, um, as, the, as the native, it, please explain yourself. <laughs> so, in, in some insert, I, like, I didn't like fully read the article. Article, but um, I mean, I, I figured something like this. So I can, I can pretty much. It's one of those things where I can do a book report on it without having to. Like, um, <laughs> in Oklahoma, weirdly. And I don't know if it's um, the the legend of uh, was it the boggy boggy swamp monster down in yeah whatever Arkansas. Yeah. Um, but in in certain parts of Oklahoma, there is a strange fascination with Bigfoot. If you go to uh, south, it's like eastern Oklahoma, right? Southeast, southeastern, yeah. The the timber industry is hopping down there um, in southeastern Oklahoma, which is something that, you know, most people don't really think about in Oklahoma being actually, you know, a part of it. 
a uh, the timber in- industry. I mean, um, it's their it's their own fault. Their state song says "Where the wind goes, blows swiftly down the plains." Plains. So they kind of put that in your mind. Yeah, it's. I mean, right. it's just bad branding. Point driven, but it really is. Um, but that's something that in parts of you know, like the in parts of Oklahoma, um, that like that it is you know popularized and you know it, it's it's kind of what is it called? Um, the cryptozoology. Yes. Kind of vibe. Like that's actually weirdly popular here in Oklahoma. Like we have I can't remember what lake it is, but there's like the um like the Oklahoma octopus. That's a thing. Um that we have. And so Do you it's it, it, it's it's a strange thing that people just like are fascinated with. Weirdly, out of all the things to be fascinated with in Oklahoma, that's the one. And so when people talk about it, it's you know, uh, you know. Imagine the mythos and you know the the hunting culture that is Oklahoma. I mean, it was a bound app anyway, so I mean, I wasn't too surprised. Um, kind of what we talked about that one time that elk hunting is actually very popular. Um, there's a certain kind of um, I almost call it springbok. That's not what it is. That's um, a very different thing. <laughs> there, there's, there's there is some certain kind of like, like antelope. antelope. Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. something there, there. There's a species of that here in Oklahoma. I forgot what's called. Is that, that, that the western part where it's all like hilly and weirdly sandy? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. there's something there, yeah, there. There's that kind of thing here. Um, and, and so you just, I think, pretty putting people together. It might be one of those things of just like, <laughs> hey, how can how can we you know draw more money from you know the wildlife conservation area and bigfoot hunting. So, well, that's what I read. The, the, I okay. So for, I'm not gonna lie. I read that, and I literally did that like Scooby Doo, like Bleh? like double take thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> but that's what he got. That's what he it was alluding to the, the 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 representative guy, whoever in the state legislature that introduced it. Uh, that's what he was talking about. It was like it's a way to get tourism draw to Eastern Oklahoma. Right. <clears throat> that was his yeah. goal. That's the whole point. Like we, people we, like it. It's the thing. It's like a cultural thing. Um they want revenue from tourism plus the revenue from the like license uh lottery thing for the Bigfoot. Which yeah, is odd right. because like, you know, like you said, elk hunting's popular. If there are antelope in Oklahoma, th- those are real animals. Um <laughs> That actually exists, maybe. And I think it's—I was just taken aback by a person suggesting to have a hunting season for an animal that, um, is, yeah, does someone could yeah. Does, does he know? Like, I understand. Oh no! Well, so he in, doesn't know. So the first thing, the first thing. If you want like a good, that Oklahoma has been has been very good to me. Um, it's given me. A degree after it took twenty years. Um, it's giving me Shelby. Um, it's giving me um, the opportunity to hunt Bigfoot. And so, um, <laughs> virtual list. So, um, if you want a like, oh, let's see if I can find it first. Um, there's a Twitter um, thing that I follow, and it's called um, like Governor Stins, um tweets or Google's. 
and it's just it, it's, it's a parody account of all the weird dumb things that our governor has talked about and cool. it, it's just him googling like how do you google blah 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 and so if you want to make a good representation of some of the <laughs> mindset that takes place in um this state like that's pretty much a good thing because even though it is a parody account it's like well i can kind of see that being true um in like everywhere we went down to in uh, southeastern Oklahoma, uh, Broken Bow, uh, for instance, and then there's a bunch of those little like like towns down that way, and it, it is kind of a neat little, you know, kind of in my area, my my neck of the woods, um, of kind of seeing you know the difference between like an like an old oil boom town compared to an old like timber boom boom town. And it's like they don't seem like they're different, but it's it's you know the culture and the atmosphere is just different. So like, little places down by Broken Bow, um, there's a cool little um, campsite area that it like almost every store that you go into for some sort of uh, like souvenir shop, there is going to be a um, some item of Bigfoot there. Like it's just you know, going to happen. And so it's like every like little truck sign or every little, um, you know, or truck stop, I should say. There's even, there's restaurants that have like no like connection to Bigfoot. Like it's just like, there's a place called like the tea shop or something. And it's like, there's a mascot that is Bigfoot. And it, but it's just like, and there's a, there's a place down in Tulsa called Turkey Mountain, and about like once a month or something like this. It's been a while since I've read up on them, but there's a guy that just dresses up as a Bigfoot um, outfit and then just like walks Turkey Mountain. It's a nice little like hiking trail that people can go like work out on and do kind of all this stuff. And yeah, there's just some guy that goes out and there's like some Twitter page of like, oh, Bigfoot sighted and uh in turkey mountain people like take pictures of it and it's supposed to be like you know bring more people in and then job it, is about to get a whole lot this, harder if these permits go out <laughs> yeah so i think that's only you know again that's only quote-unquote restricted to certain areas but it, it's just one of those things of like i mean like it 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 makes sense but like it kind of does but it kind of doesn't but i mean i mean if you can make it work i mean go for it i mean all power to you, man. I guess like hmm. it, it, it. I saw it. Like I saw it on Twitter, and then you said it to me. I'm like, yeah, man. That's that's where I live. Yeah. With me. <laughs> uh, I think that I don't know. I just think the whole Bigfoot thing is like it's uh, it's fascinating to me, just on many different levels mm-hmm. about like the different links that people go to and the, the different theories that are ascribed to this thing and all the possibilities that everyone has latched onto what it is. Mm-hmm. And I just find it so interesting to hear all the different takes on it. And it's just like, what, <laughs> what, <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you talking yeah, about? <laughs> Cause the like, you know, yeah, it's weird. Like, I don't know. Like, oh, yeah, sorry, I, like I just from your thought, it was just. Oh, that's right. I was waiting to hear your thought. So we were at that like oh, standoff no, it, point. We're like, it, it, go it's, left? it's something. It's <laughs> something that like 
like even adults like, again granted this is from someone who um like a, a, a promise someone that an elected official brought this to attention and said this is what we need to talk about and then people are like yeah no this sounds like a good idea yeah no i'm, not, yeah, I'm good for it oh well, yeah well, sure let's do it and so it, it's like that that's yeah. what we're talking about now like that's this is what we're talking about and and so something something like that to that level of like oh i mean you know you know uh, oil prices and you know people talking bringing in you know talking about taxing native american nations more but like yeah that's big fun like that's the thing but it is it's also another thing you know that that tourism trap of people are talking about it so then their curiosity kicks in. And so then they have to show up and be like, so, I gotta go come out and see Bigfoot. Now, I, I, I am kind of waiting for it being that thing that Shark Week did like several years ago when they're like, oh, Michael Phelps is going to race a shark. And then it was like some CGI thing. So <laughs> that was so lame. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, it's, like I, said, I, I don't think it'll be something like that, but I, I am, you know, waiting to be disappointed of like oh um of something you know that extent occurring um if it does well yeah i told you but i mean if not yes so what like they're doing some sort of like this this is what we needed yeah that's a good point like there's currently other things to worry about right now uh yeah (laughs) what Uh, possibly yeah. yeah I don't know. I just, I don't know if anybody else shares my fascination with the strange culture that is the Bigfoot phenomenon, right? And so, like, I just, I just, it's one of those, like, guilty pleasure things that I indulge in every once in a while. It's like, watch the shows, because there's always shows about it, right? I try to stay off the internet part about it, because that's, like, scary place to live, right? (laughs) Um, But, like, I don't know. I think, because, like, scientifically, let's be real, this is the most improbable thing ever. Right? Like, what? Yes. Uh, Like, okay, so, like, for comparison, today I read that a new species of chameleon was discovered in Madagascar. Sucker is, like, an inch and a half long. Max. (laughs) So, do I buy that you've never seen that before? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Do I buy that there's absolutely no evidence ever of an eight foot tall ape in the forest? <laughs> no. That's ridiculous. Come on. What are you talking about? <laughs> All the <clears throat> Well, I think that's the part that's fascinating is it speaks to this like desire for that unknown, like that mysterious thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of the part that's fascinating to me is that people so desire to like have that mystery right like the mystery to latch on to and i think it's slightly exacerbated by like you said like you know the google age where there's you know there's not a lot of mystery around you know like oh what's this mean i'll just i just find out right now (laughs) oh now i know so i think part of its prevalence is that it is you know presented as this mystery and like people like to have that mystery i think it's 
speaks to them on some level that they require that. You know what I mean? That's what I think. I don't know. And like I, I had a, um, well, he wasn't my college professor, but he was an college professor um, <laughs> who actually like minored in cryptozoology. And I was like, wait, first of all, I thought that was the main like, thing. Like I didn't. <laughs> no, like people like that is a thing people study. Like, well, yeah, is... but I thought it was a thing people study and said like just like yep, I studied it, which is like them reading Reddit and like old weird internet forums. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know. I know it was yeah. like an official. <laughs> so, ah, yeah, and so like I, I, I don't know to like what extent his quote unquote like minor was. Um, but yeah, he was. I, I remember uh, I was more cornered than anything. So like, no, dude, like I gotta like I, I studied this with something that I. I have and I'm like, oh, okay, wow, that's crazy, sir. Um, thank you for this. I appreciate it. Um, I just remember, you know, going through that of, oh, this is this guy's here, but yeah, it's like, and I, I don't know, Oklahoma's just it's it's fascinating because it's like it's also one of those things like, oh, that's so weird. Wait a second, it's right down the road from me. Whoa. <laughs> That that part is also kind of <laughs> unique experience of like, True. oh, this can't True. be real. Like, is it? Because you don't live that far from it. Wow. So you could go find out yourself, right? That's right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's exactly it. Of like, it's in our own backyard. True. <laughs> I, what I really want right now is the biologist's thought on Bigfoot. Mm. Colin. Colin, I need you to weigh in here. <laughs> I want to know your opinion. This is going to be good. I don't I don't know about that. I just say like the whole all the crypto stuff, I think there are definitely I what's what's unfortunate is that some of the crypto creatures get lumped into creatures that um were, were actually real. So like the xylothene uh you know, like that one um is that is right is that the right word? Did I just throw that out of my brain? What what am I xylocanth? Um Coelacanth? Coelacanth. Yeah, Coelacanth. Sorry. Yeah, you com- you sound like you combined xylene and like xylophone. I don't yeah. really know what you said. Anyway. Well, no, what's the one? What's the Coelacanth. The fish, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So the Coelacanth is the one. I don't know. Where's my brain? No, what's the, um, what's the, uh, Australian one called? The, um, uh, that has a, uh, okay. My brain's going to, my brain's going to catch this one in just a second. Um, so like the Coelacanth. Okay. Like it was relegated to cryptozoology, but it's like that's really that not what. That's not, yeah, it's not fair. That's not the right that's spot the, for right. it. It's not right? fair because it doesn't belong there. Bigfoot. <clears throat> that's like the, I, I, know, I get frustrated when they get lumped in the same thing like that, and then just knowing, like, that our the our habitats, our ecosystems have only very recently been able to support bears um to think, yeah <laughs> right like like have been decimated and i know they'll say well but like there are some remote places and yeah i know there are some remote places they're not that remote especially any oh, that fishy. Okay. right <laughs> and yeah especially not in eastern arkansas right like it sounds I know that sounds exotic, right? If you are one of our European or Indian listeners, you're like, where is Eastern Arkansas? Uh, first of all, it's not really as cool as it sounds, right? Let me tell you that right now. Uh, <clears throat> like the Boston mountains are like kind of remote, but 
you know, something that like if you take about if you just think about like the the habitat necessary to sustain a gorilla population. Yes. Right. Like yeah. they found gorillas. Pretty like that's an interesting story if you don't know about the discovery of gorillas because nobody believed that dude either. Right. But yeah. he and was like, look, there it is right there. And then yeah. they went, oh, OK. Literally. <laughs> right there. I would, but so, that so, that habitable zone is is pretty large. Yes. <laughs> even for a small troop of gorillas, and yeah, that's <laughs> right. And that's that's where I come back to of like you like you got to be honest here of just how uh, unrealistic. Not just whether an organism could or could not exist, but whether it could function and survive in a given ecosystem. Right, like you can't. You can't think yeah. of it outside of that, right? Sure, could we and, and think of of a world or a ecosystem that that this animal could could exist? Sure, but in the real world, with the limitations on this, especially when you look at analogs like gorillas, like these other large animals, like they they have a presence that is made known to support the organism, right? Like it, it, it just, that's where I come to of just like, yes, does the system, could the system support this? Could it find enough food? Could it forage? Could it find mates? Let's just get to that point. Like that's a big important point. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, like above and beyond anything else, like you have to come up with each one of those cornerstones of what makes the organism able to survive and thrive. And go, do, do you meet all of these? If you don't, it's not going to exist. Like, at the, that's where I, yeah. Yes. These are very good points. I like. Okay. Aaron, do you have thoughts on Bigfoot? Um, so it's like, I remember watching, was it on the History Channel or Discovery Channel, like Monster Hunters? Like, oh, yeah. I, so I, I, remember, I remember watching two, two parts of that. The first part, or like part of of it being like, oh, here's uh, here's Gustav, the gigantic, you know, uh, like uh, not saltwater crocodile, um, Nile crocodile, or something in Africa, or wherever he is. Um, like I'll hear like you know, there's giant crocodiles. Like this is real. I'm like, oh yes, I I see that. Oh look at that. And then they had like they would have those stories of like the Jersey Devil. Um, which again freaked me out when I was younger, um, and I didn't like going that side at night because I remember being like, "What a bird!" Yeah, like my my two extreme, my my two levels of what creature is that is is that a bat or is that a Jersey Devil? Like what? What am I working? <laughs> um, it's very like, extreme. Like uh, dude, it's like a it's a crow. I'm like, I mean, Jersey Devil. So bat? Uh, like, like what? what so, <laughs> and so, like like for me, like especially when I was younger. Um, uh, good old Nessie uh, in Loch Ness. Um, again, that same same exact show. Whenever whenever I watched it, and it's like, no, this could very much be a um, like a Greenland shark. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> Greenland shark. That's your brain like exploding. Um, and, and so like seeing the progression of like how popular or how like crazed people were the crazy is probably not the right word you know people like oh you know this you know i i studied this thing for years and this is something that i i followed and like oh well, crazy like what's your degree in i'm like i 
didn't go to college because I was yeah. too focused Account- on accounting. This creature. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? So, like things like that, and just seeing like how crazy it's gotten over the years. And would it be cool if there was something? Yeah. But also how incredibly terrifying if like a scientist showed up and was like, no, dude, like this is this is real. And and then having the, you know, the two different kind of mindsets of like, oh, we must preserve this for people like, no, I got to hunt this. And you know, I got to mount it on my wall and then having the whole big hoopla and hearing all that nothing in the news for you know, ever. Um so I, what I think would be cool, absolutely, it would have, it would still be terrifying, but like kind of what we talked about several podcasts ago of like the Tasmanian um, no, Tasmanian tiger. If people are like, no, dude, it's like back, like it's it's like it's oh, there, it is, like things like that of like you know people wanting to re like reintroduce it. Um, those scientists are like, dude, we can bring back woolly mammoths. Like, ah, who is that? Hmm, ah, hold on, I'm not for a second. Yeah, like I saw Jurassic um, Park. I know how this ends. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but th- but there is a group of scientists that were trying to bring back some ancient, um, like cow. I don't remember what it was called. Oh, the aurochs. Those were called yeah. Nazis. Um, oh. they, they tried to do hey. that. So okay, don't listen to me. Um. But, I think there like, was another group. They tried to do it first. <laughs> they did it yeah, in a but, weird, a weird wrong way. But and, then, and, so, and so they're like, "Dude, we can bring back these, you know." Stuff. And so like things like that, like in a safe way that, like, you know, if it was meant to bring back some sort of, you know, population of something in in a safe way, then like, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. Like, oh yeah, no, we can definitely see that happening, but. I mean, as as the as the young child of me, um, I would have to say like, could it? What Colin was talking like, could it population? Would it be good if it's supported population? Like, yeah, I don't know. There, there's a lot of emotions whirling at the moment. Of you know, is this something that I want? And if I do have it, will I be happy? You know, from the whole. So. That is where Aaron stands on the point. There you go. I like it. So, what do you think is driving the people that? Like, what are they seeing that make them believe so heartily in this? What are your thoughts? Oh. And I have, a, I have a very long, strange theory to spin to you after this. I want your take on it. Okay. <laughs> so there, so in, in stuff that I've read about in some of the, you know, more, not, the, not paleo, that's not the right word, but, you know, kind of more, you know, older Native Americans, ancient you know, Native Americans of, you know, either them just not like, or just people back then. Because if you look at like people's descriptions on certain words or on on certain creatures, and then people are like, well, you know, we don't have pictures to take of this. Like, let me just draw it, and then having pe- people like take or like draw the picture of it, and then being like, whoa, is this what you saw? And you're like, I don't know. Yeah. And then having that circulate is, is also kind of a fascinating thing of like. This is what one dude said about this one creature that one time. And is this right? We don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, and, and I think over time, you know, people see things that they kind of want to believe. That whole, well, no, I, I saw this, like this was real. And then having them, you know, 
portray that level of whatever. Um, I I don't know really. Either it'd be to to explain something, or for people to that that, that need to explain something. I, I I have no no idea. I can't you know per se of what people wanted to do back then. All right, Colin. And I, I probably do have a oh, lot longer answer. But like, I don't. Eh. Oh. <laughs> I'll, see, I'll see what the, see what the table. Says. I mean, that's all right. Okay. So, like, I think Aaron, you hit on it towards the end. There, there is the physical <clears throat> aspect of what are they seeing, and then there's the psychological aspect of why do they want to be seeing it. And I really, uh, yes. right. So, <clears throat> I think there is this. Uh, drive uh, a need to not be alone in the world and to have um, something else out there to have a connection with that deep in the human psyche there is this idea or need for um, always something else and uh, especially for things that are like us like we're really drawn to that and that gets into a little bit about um, our brains are really good at pattern matching. Um, I, you know, kind of like the snap to grid problem of anything that's even close to something. Um, like that's why our brains are really bad at um, being random or picking or, or writing down random oh. numbers in sequence. Oh yeah, uh, right. We 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 are pattern driven, and especially when things are uh, patterned around uh, us and and what it means to be human, babies instantly connect with the human face immediately, right? That's the first thing they look and they constantly are fixated on that. And that sticks with us throughout our entire life. So because we have this brain, because we have this need to be connected as to part something larger and to find other things like us, um, the rustling of, uh, of a deer and the glimpse of something brown walking behind a tree immediately throws you into this something more than what is there. Um, and then you start, right? Then, then there are just these, quote, logical leaps, or not even leaps, these logical steps, again, quote, unquote, logical steps that you, that, that you take to get you to the point where you think something's there when it's not. Um, it, but that gets to why do sounds in a house sound like the axe murderer coming to get you. Why do, yeah. uh, right. <laughs> but, but again, because our brain is trying to make these logical connections to make sense of the world. And you have all of these things that, that drive and, and combine in it. Um, that, that I think result in this, this perception, uh, of like, no, I genuinely saw this. And it's like, yeah, I know. I really think you think you saw that. Yeah. Like, absolutely. <laughs> That's what you think. And you can't really change people's mind at that point. And that's why they're so passionate about it because there's this there's this underlying need, underlying draw that's that's moving them in this way. I like it. Very interesting. <laughs> Any, anyway. So uh no, I I like that. And I'm gonna piggyback off of some of that here just a minute. I was trying to see if I can find the name of this place, but I don't remember currently. Um <clears throat> so I I think that is kind of it, right? That there is that like psychological connection to this kind of stuff. 
But I think that it is way... So here's the theory that I've sort of stumbled upon uh, <laughs> that I find fascinating and that I'm going to go with for the purposes of this discussion. <clears throat> okay. Uh, this... Look, Aaron brought up part of it. This, this, the whole Bigfoot thing is not like a new situation, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like a new story. <clears throat> this, this wasn't like invented like yesterday, right? So the thing that fascinates me is like, what, where did it come from? Why? Why is it happening? What does this mean, right? <clears throat> so um, I was talking to a guy in New Zealand. Okay, he was a Maori guy. Uh, I was at this, like, it's called, I found the name, it's called Tipuya. It's a, like a, it's a school for native Maori people to go and learn about their cultural history. It's really sweet, right? It's really amazing. Hmm. Um, people from all over the islands go there and they learn about the cultural history and then they take that knowledge back to their villages and, and their towns, where they live and kind of share it with everybody, right? It's super rad. We definitely need that in the United States. like so bad for some of the tribal stuff. I think that'd be the coolest thing ever. Um, <clears throat> but you can go there. So he was telling me about kind of like traditional Maori beliefs and stuff. And the whole Maori tradition was originally oral, right? Not writing. It survived orally for a very long time. Now, as Western school of thought tells us oral tradition is rubbish, right? Written documentation is the only reliable source right that's kind of what we think that comes to us from like the enlightenment era right written documentation is the only trusted source right okay um he was explaining to me a native perspective on oral tradition and he was telling i might get this wrong so anybody out there i apologize if i get this backwards please let me know but he said it, there's two parts. There is the story. It's told in a story form to help remember it. And then there is a context that is given secondly. Mm. Right? So you know, you have to know the story part because a lot of these are like, you know, like mythological kind of story things. But there is also a contextual element that they then tell you the other part is just to help remember it and then to come here so i'm thinking that some of these the initial thought from a lot of this stuff and why it's so pervasive and widespread is that at some point in the past it was real right but i'm not talking like a hundred years ago Two, I'm talking like thousands of years ago. Like possibly up to, right, if we think about Aust- Aboriginal Australian culture, they have a traditional culture that, a stable culture that stretches back at least 10,000 years, uninterrupted oral tradition and history. Mm-hmm. So we could be talking about a very expansive amount of time, a time that Western philosophy tells us to not trust oral tradition. Sure. <laughs> but it is reasonable that a story could last that long, but that the contextual part is gone. 
Yeah. And all we have left is the story. So you're left with this concept that I find interesting called a folk memory. Where sort of culturally we remember the thing, but we don't know why or why it was important. Hmm. Right. So maybe there was something like that. It could have been, you know, like you're talking about another species of of human because uh, you know not so long in the distant past we there was not just homo sapien right right there was dozens of other related hominids you know um it could be from any number of them maybe one of them was a threat maybe you know this kind of thing and that story tradition got lost Right. Or the story part stayed, but the, excuse me, the, the contextual element of the story disappeared over time. Everybody forgot about that part. And the only part that was left was the story. So this thing that maybe used to be a threat and was a real thing and was something that we need to know about. The thing stopped existing, but the story didn't. And then that's kind of where this come from. So that like deep psychological desire is you're connected to it somehow. It like it rings just true enough because at some point it was, mm-hmm. but it isn't any longer. And that's where some of that connection comes in. I think about why people are so obsessed with it. Why it's so interesting, right? Like Colin said, any, any flash of movement in the woods, it's Bigfoot, right? <laughs> Even though I find it interesting that, the Bigfoot range and the bear range seem to overlap very nicely. Uh, <laughs> weird. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I especially like the, like, there's no way a black bear or a brown bear. Yeah. Black bear is that tall. Like, yes, because all forest ground is flat and even and not undulating even a little bit. Anyway, <clears throat> uh, <laughs> you know, that's that. So like you're, that's instantly inst- like almost without even, ever really learning about it like you know about bigfoot yeah right it's just it's just a cultural thing it's just around like aaron was talking about it's just kind of in that certain area it's everywhere Mm -hmm. it's just culturally prevalent so little children in that area they don't ever have to learn about it they just know it's there right but there there's no context for any of it it's just Mm -hmm. yep it's there and so you keep steering away from any context that there used to be and the divide is greater and so now you only have a story and you only have this like you know shadow in the mist in the forest of what used to be or what could be but no longer is that's my thought (laughs) it's a little crazy but like I kind of like it it kind of wraps it up nicely for me yeah right sort of ties it up a little bit it just sort of adds some stuff to at least in my mind it kind of like satisfies the oh well yeah it kind of ties together all the stuff Aaron was talking about and all the stuff that you were talking about Colin like the like bro where does it live how no come on like Like, show me a primate that's quiet come on no not impossible like (laughs) That's why they have the recorders out there. You know, you got it. You can hear yeah. their calls, nighttime. Yeah. 
So I don't know. That was my thought. That's kind of my thought and where I'm at currently. I kind of like the folk memory aspect of this, like something that once was true, but isn't any longer. And it, and I think it was true a lot longer ago than generally people are willing to think about possible a story surviving that long. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think especially because of, um, the cultures who have come before us were actually much better at passing down stories um, orally than we are um, because that was what oh, they yes. were entirely based on. Um, and they were a lot closer, not just geographically, but um, personally and, and as community wise. So those stories were shared and were extremely strong culturally amongst them because that was how you survived was through storytelling so it would yeah. make sense that they are these 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 folk memories or or cultural memories um uh, from from bygone eras that are just pervasive because they've persisted through time yeah i think it's a cool idea i don't know i latched onto that when i kind of started thinking i was like whoa that's a, <laughs> i like that also, it kind of makes you wonder, like, what else do we do that's like that? If that, let's take that as true. Let's just sure. scientifically, let's yeah. pretend that's a fact. What else do we do that with and not even know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, that's another interesting th- thought experiment. It's like, what, what else are we actually more connected to from, like, deep human history than we even realize? Because it's something that we culturally like take for granted. And you don't like actually learn it. It's just sort of around. Like what else could possibly be in a similar vein? Because that's like a fantastical thing. Surely there is something much more mundane. And and like, (laughs) yeah, like, you know, that you don't think of as like really outsider and strange. Yeah. You know, like. Is there possibly other aspects of our cultural being that the same thing has happened? Right. Right. I think that's a, that's a kind of bizarre thing to think about too. I just know. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, uh, no. And I think, uh, <laughs> listeners should write in, uh, at, definitely, uh, <laughs> feed, feedback at oh brother. Okay, yeah, there'll, exactly. There'll, there'll be an email somewhere. Uh, in some email. Yeah. In our contact form. Uh, and and let us know your thoughts because uh, <laughs> who knows I love it okay very good right uh, I don't have anything else so you guys, yeah I think that's it <laughs> I love oh. it uh, I, oh oh to follow to wrap around into the parking lot here um, I was trying to think of the word thylacine and it came out thylacine. Ah, got it. There was a Z ah. there because I was Sorry. also merging it with coelacanth and coelacanth right. and thylacine came out xylacine. So I do, I do love the thylacine mystery solved. <laughs> we solved at least one thing tonight. Uh, yes, <laughs> of my own doing. <laughs> As usual, so you know it's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Guys, have a good rest of your evening. <laughs> you too. Love you. you as well. Love Bye. you too. Bye. Bye. <laughs>